You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact as told by the very change makers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown, and in this episode, Victor Cordone, the Senior Manager of Social Impact at Okta, joins the show. Victor, welcome to Behind the Impact. Thank you, Jeremy. It's great to be here. I have been looking forward to this conversation for some time, so I'm really excited to learn more about your career and how you got into social impact and also learn more about Okta. I know Okta is... When it comes to social impact, I put them on the the mountaintop. Okta is doing a lot of things from a social impact perspective, and so we'll dig into that. But before we do that, I want to start with your career and how you got into social impact. Can you give me that story? For sure. Well, uh, thanks for the kind intro, and not only for of me, but also of Okta, and just, yeah, super excited to be here with you. So, yeah, so um, I guess my career really starts with where I grew up, so I am a San Francisco native, born and raised in the city, um, which I know is kind of like a rarity. Um, people are always like, oh, you're a unicorn. I'm like, oh, there's other natives here. We just all like hang out with each other. But um, so yeah, so I grew up in Bayview, which is uh, kind of historically been a more challenging neighborhood in San Francisco. Uh, my parents are first generation immigrants to the US uh, from Honduras. Um, and so anyway, so I share that just because it really informs like who I am and how I see the world and definitely how I approach my work. Um, and I always say that I'm kind of like a product of uh, like a healthy, vibrant, and philanthropic San Francisco. So growing up, I spent my summers uh, attending a camp at the Mission YMCA. When I was in high school, I um, volunteered through the local American Red Cross. I got my first job when I was 16, um, it, which was an internship through a nonprofit at the time called San Francisco Youth Works. Um, and they placed kids into summer internships in city and county departments. And I had the great pleasure of working at San Francisco International Airport, SFO, where I was an intern the summer between my junior and senior year in the Employment and Community Partnerships office, which was awesome. And also like a fun connection to the fact that I'm at Ogden now, that was when I first learned how to make my first secure password. Um, but anyway, so uh, that kind of was growing up here in San Francisco, I went to UCLA for undergrad and a lot of the things that I kind of was involved in, uh, my personal time was always kind of at the intersection of art and entertainment, education and social impact. So a couple of things that I did, I um, was a producer for an undergraduate art showcase that was showing kind of like student choreographers and other student artists um, and giving them kind of like a professional opportunity to show their work. Um, I was a founding board member for what's now an award-winning nonprofit called Swipe Out Hunger, which was really shedding a light on food insecurity on college campuses, and so did some work with them. Um, and then I was also a part of um, Dance Marathon at UCLA, which is one of the largest student-run dance marathons um, in the country, at least at that time it was, and raised uh, half a million dollars annually for pediatric AIDS research and programs. Um, so I graduated, I decided to move back to San Francisco. This was not too long after the 08 financial crisis when kind of even an unpaid internship was a little bit hard to come by at that time. But I had the great fortune of getting a contract role at an organization, a social enterprise organization that was called Samasource. Um, and they were really focused on um, 
digital employment opportunities for women and children in the developing world. And so I had a lot of experience in events and events and fundraising go hand in hand. So I worked there um, after college for about six months and really got a crash course, not only in the world of social enterprise and kind of different models of impact um, beyond the traditional nonprofit, but also into this like kind of growing tech, uh, Silicon Valley, like money that's maybe liquid, maybe not type of environment, um, which was really um, incredible. Anyway, and then my career has really just kind of taken off from there and every step has kind of been an expansion of the last. So fundraising events at Samasource led to uh, corporate partnerships at the American Red Cross, so kind of like social enterprise to very established and uh, known humanitarian organization. Uh, after the Red Cross, I did a long stint at a company called CSA Insurance Group, which is a part of the AAA kind of ecosystem. And so went from corporate fundraising to corporate impact, social impact, and uh, was working on volunteerism and grant making there. And then have been with Okta now for about two and a half years, and I lead our social impact work. You are one of a handful of guests that I've had the privilege of speaking to that has a ton, or at least had a ton of social impact experience, even before really getting it, like starting their actual career. Was there a moment in time where you just knew that this work, it was something that you wanted to do full time in your career? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know if there was like a specific moment. I think that it's just always been kind of embedded in me, a uh, sense of community and a sense of belonging to people other than myself. So, um, you know, my mom is also a really big reason why I'm in this work. Um, she actually just recently retired uh, after a near 30 year career at the American Red Cross. And during that time, she did everything. She was an assistant, she worked in HR, she worked in finance, she did operations, so she just did it all, right? And um, anyway, I think she really was one, the one that kind of pushed me, like, hey, you should, you know, um, check this kind of work out when I started to get involved with the Red Cross. But I think also, too, is once I started, especially as a young person, once I started volunteering, um, you know, I'm not, like, people that know me know I'm an extrovert, but I think when I was younger, I was a little more shy or like not as confident in my identity. Um, and when I started volunteering and I met other kids that were kind of like me, I just felt like accepted and affirmed. And so I really kind of found myself and my voice uh, through volunteerism and through giving back. So I think it was kind of a gradual process to get to where I'm at right now. But I'm, um, yeah, very happy and fortunate to be here. Well, first and foremost, congratulations to your mom. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's an amazing career right there. I will tell her. We just celebrated her retirement, actually. We just took a family trip to celebrate her. So um, she's, uh, yeah, in good spirits. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So let's transition over to Okta. For the handful of people out there that may not know who Okta is and what the company does, can you give a little overview? Sure. So um, I'm not the most technical person in the world, but I've learned a thing or two. <laughs> but um, so Octo is the world's leading identity company. And our vision is to safely connect anyone to everyone to any technology via their identity. And so most folks will know us through kind of our foundational products, which is like single sign-on or multi-factor authentication. So uh, that is typically how people will know um, about Octo or have experienced Octo, perhaps at the place that they work. But we've got essentially 18,000 customers uh, around the world who are leveraging our technology to either connect their workforce to the technology they need to do their job or to connect with their customers to provide seamless 
and secure experiences. Uh, so that is, yeah, Okta. Um, yeah, and then Okta for Good is Okta's social impact and sustainability arm. So we really serve as an extension of Okta's vision. So when we say we want to connect everyone to any technology, Okta for Good is really focused in ensuring that that everyone means everyone. And you currently lead the social impact work, correct? Yeah, so I lead our social impact work. Our broader team um, has both our tech for good work as well as our ESG work, and that those three spheres of work make up our entire Octa for Good team, and which is led by my boss, Aaron Battlefelter, who's a rock star, and I love her. Speaking of team, what, what's the makeup of the team? So you, you mentioned you know the, the, the core kind of segments in terms of like headcount and, and whatnot. What does that look like? Sure. So we are a team of 10 currently. So yeah, Aaron leads... Uh, leads the team, and then we've got three spheres of work under that. So again, Tech for Good, um, which is uh, focused on enabling nonprofits to leverage Octa's technology to power their mission. So really aligned to our nonprofit go-to-market, really like kind of defining the nonprofit vertical. Um, but not only just like selling to nonprofits, but making sure that the full power of Octa's technology um, is an enabler of nonprofits and their missions. So. Really, that team is really aligned to our engineering and product and design organization to make sure that Octa's product is accessible and relevant to nonprofits and their use cases. Um, of course, aligned to our customer first organization to make sure that we are um, successfully helping nonprofits use our technology. Um, so that's our tech for good work. Um, social impact is the work that I, uh, I help lead with my team. Um, we drive the company's employee engagement work, so um, everything that gets our near 6,000 employees around the world to volunteer or to donate or to disconnect with nonprofits. Our community-based partnerships, so this is really focused on kind of like place-based support in areas where Okta has uh, a physical presence. So we've got offices around the world, and we really want to make sure that while we're headquartered in San Francisco and we are a San Francisco-based company, we're a global company, and we want to, in you know, support communities and in recognition that uh, there are different community needs in San Francisco than there are in Sydney than there are in Singapore. Um, and then uh, also under our social impact remit uh, is our strategic philanthropy work. So all the grants that we deploy out of the Octa for Good fund uh, across our focus areas or our giving priorities. And then last is our ESG team, uh, environmental, social, and governance. So that team is really focused on guiding and influencing the business and thinking about long-term value creation, maximizing benefits for all stakeholders. Um, and so under that team's remit is sustainability or climate work, uh, human rights, um, and other kind of bodies of work that are really focused on our nine material ESG issues. One thing I want to double click on um, is employee engagement. So you mentioned 6,000 employees and I was looking at Okta's uh, most recent impact report and it mentioned that you had 88% participation uh, for Okta for Good, which is amazing. Not a lot of companies can say that they, they've gotten that much uh, participation from their employee base. What I want to learn more about is the how. Um, and I imagine a lot of social impact leaders are trying to hit that number or even higher. Any lessons learned or tactics that you've seen work as it relates to getting employees more engaged in these philanthropic activities, volunteering, et cetera? Sure, definitely. So yeah, so last year we achieved 88%, which was great. 
Um, it was, we tied the record for our highest participation ever as a company, which was really awesome, and we're excited to kind of continue going this year. Uh, and so one of the ways that we do that is by making it as easy as possible and providing a wide array of options for folks to get involved. So it all starts on your first day at Okta. Uh, we provide all employees a donation credit of $10 on new hires, a donation credit of $10, which is you know a modest amount of funding, but it, what it does is that it gets people into the platform. They learn about Okta for good during um, Octivate, which is our onboarding. Uh, and they get into, we use Benevity as our um, solution provider. They get in, they see the tool, and that kind of just starts to get the wheels turning. Shortly after that, they are probably engaging in a volunteer activity on their team, uh, right? So we've uh, done a lot of work to work with leaders across the organization that when they are bringing their teams together for you know, a quarterly business review or some sort of on-site, off-site type of thing, we do a lot of enablement around um, how to embed a volunteerism activity into that business convening. And so that's a really great time to not only bring folks together, give back to community, but also inspire some collaboration, teamwork, and just fun, right? Um, we also will organize kind of like new hire or kind of like open to anyone virtual volunteerism events at different points throughout the year. Um, we work with employee resource groups to ensure that they, as they're thinking about how they bring their groups, communities together, that volunteerism or giving back is an option to them. Um, and I think finally, uh, we really rely a lot on data. That has been one of our kind of biggest enablers of driving more progress in some of these numbers is we've been able to work hand in hand with um, our people analytics team actually to basically take all the data that's in Benevity, all this participation data, and basically slice and dice it into all these different views where we can see uh, on a quarterly basis how every individual team, right, like department across the organization is performing as it relates to volunteerism or donating, um, which are the two primary ways you participate in Octa for Good. We can also look at that at a country level, a state level, an office level, a regional level. And so this information we can then present back to the company and to our leaders and different stakeholders and say, hey, here's how you're performing. The company goal is X. What can we do to help you help us achieve this company goal, not Octa for Good's goal, the company's goal. Two things. Number one, I love the donation credit idea because it's it's like you're starting to build that momentum and getting new hires conditioned to giving back. Amazing idea. And number two, I also love the kind of the data-driven approach to uncovering the opportunities to come in and help and drive more of that uh, that impact. So those two things are amazing. Uh, are there any challenges that you've seen uh, as it relates to trying to drive employee engagement? Maybe there was a strategy or a tactic that just fell flat. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we definitely see is just um, like this perception of time, right? Where folks, um, you know, perhaps want to get involved, right? We know from um, both our internal employee engagement surveys, right, where um, we have a question that's about, um, I feel good about the ways Okta contributes to the community. We historically, employees rank that very high. It's one of our like top uh, strengths at the company. So that gives us like the remit to do our work, right? Of course, we see this in the industry too, right? You see like 93% of employees uh, want to work at companies that um, 
are driven by purpose, right? And so anyway, so we know that, that body of work is true, uh, and yet we still have difficulty kind of engaging teams in volunteerism, for example, right? So we know that donating is typically an easier um, action because you go into a platform, right? You make your donation, like you're buying something, boom, you're done, right? And volunteerism takes a little bit of time. So volunteerism has definitely been an area of growth for us um, that we've been focusing on. The data, again, has helped us um, really like have those conversations where we can see, oh, wow, like this department or in fact this region you know, very low in terms of volunteer participation, not necessarily to shame people, but just to say like, you know, what's going on here and how might we have more uh, proactive or nuanced conversations with those um, leaders in those regions, for example, or in those departments to see if we can bring those scores up. And that's why I love the data-driven approach. You know, it, it literally uncovers those opportunities for you. So you've been with the company for a couple of years now and presumably we have seen a, quite a bit in terms of the growth from an impact perspective. Are there any stories, could be about success or just could be a, just an interesting story about impact that really gets you excited about what Okta is doing from an impact perspective? So one of the things that I've been particularly proud of working on during my time at Okta has been our racial equity philanthropy work. So in June of 2020, we made a three-year, $3 million philanthropy commitment to advance racial equity. And uh, to get that started, uh, the team really knew that we wanted to center employee voice and make sure that employees had um, uh, some influence in directing some of those dollars. And so we worked with leaders um, across our people of color ERG to um, and organize them as an advisory board, essentially, to Octa for Good and to our leadership to inform some of the early direction of that grant making. Um, one of the most amazing things, it was actually my first week at Octa, that board was um, meeting with leaders of different educational quality nonprofits across the US um, to deploy what ended up being three-year, like multi-year commitments to these organizations. So it was really awesome to come in, not only this intention on racial equity, um, this like hyper focus on educational quality at that time, and then of course um, multi-year commitments, which we know for nonprofits is um, you know like not often the the norm, but definitely um, a growing trend that is kind of core and central to the way that we approach philanthropy. Um, so I took the kind of reins of that racial equity work, and I think one of the things that I was particularly um, concerned with, I think a lot of folks in social impact were concerned with, was that that ensuring that this was not a moment, that there was a movement long-term sustained towards driving racial equity, like this is the agenda, this is where we've needed to be the whole time, and we finally you know, are able to kind of influence our companies and our teams to think about philanthropy and with this explicitly racial equity lens. And so, um, you know, we had had some of these multi-year partners in the educational quality space, and thinking about racial equity, it's this like big, Kind of like topic, like how are we going to effectively play our part in this? And so we did a whole host of things. We uh, started to fund organizations that we kind of consider as like movement leaders in racial equity, right? Who have been doing this work, who at their core are advancing racial equity, um, and that we've basically wanted to support them, not only to just continue to do what they do in community, but also like learn in proximity. Um, so 
some organizations that we funded through that are First Nations Development Institute, an incredible organization that serves indigenous communities across the US. We work with the Latino Community Foundation based here in California, a statewide organization that is building power in Latino communities. Uh, we worked uh, with PolicyLink, who's taking much more of like a data um, uh, and policy approach to thinking about equity uh, across the US. So anyway, we really have gained so much learning from some of these organizations. And one of the things that we learned in conversation with these with these leaders was that an area that there was a lot of opportunity for for philanthropy to focus on was civic engagement, voting rights, and access and education, predominantly for BIPOC communities, right? Who are for all various reasons kind of um, disenfranchised in the voting process, and so. It was really great to kind of receive that cue from community, from these leaders who are doing this work every day, and to then bring that into the work that we were doing through this racial equity commitment. So we had educational quality, kind of tacked on voting rights, access, and education as another focus area, and then we really went deep into that. Um, over the years, we've been able to grow the amount of organizations that we've been working with in these two spaces, and we've really done it kind of like with these community of partners. So. Um, what we've done is we reached out to our kind of like current partners, asked them for referrals of organizations that they know that are doing great work in these spaces, and then we'd fund a couple of them, really support their work, and then the kind of community of partners would start to kind of grow. So it was this really awesome ecosystem, organizations that are doing the work, that kind of see each other, and that we really then just play the role of support, right? Like we just give funding, we give support, uh, we convene these communities together, we um, organize events uh, at the company to ensure that our employees know the great work that these organizations are doing. And it becomes this kind of just like virtuous cycle of really getting to the core of these two issues in particular and how um, uh, race plays a role, frankly, in educational quality and in voting. Have there been any lessons that you've taken from that work? I mean, there'll be there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. So I think one of the lessons for sure has been that you know while funding is definitely um, helpful, right? That it's um, that as a company we actually have so many resources that we can bring to bear just beyond giving um, dollars, right, to these organizations, and so. One of the things that we've been focused on over the last um, kind of like I'd say like 18 months has really been uh, growing what we call our beyond the check work, right? And so we've been really thinking about what success in partnerships and in philanthropy looks like for us, and you know that it's that the success of a partnership, of course, is the impact that that nonprofit is driving, right? Um, but that for us in partnership, it's that you know if the nonprofit at the center, we can provide or we should be providing um, as many different resources that are at our disposal to bring the full power of Okta. So we're giving a grant, but also are we organizing some sort of like event where employees can learn more about the issue and connect with the nonprofit? Are we driving employees to volunteer with that nonprofit? Are we driving employees to donate to that nonprofit? Uh, are we providing any technology expertise to these nonprofits um, in the form of um, like product or just um, expertise? Um, just thinking about how we can really 
I always think about it as like almost like tentacles, right? That like a partnership has got like six or seven different tentacles. And that's how we know that we are really doing right by this organization. Yeah, I really want to highlight that. I mean, what you just said there is extremely important. You know, social impact isn't just something, it's not just a one-off thing. You know, if you really want social impact to work at your company, it has to be about the partnership. It's not just about doing one project, giving dollars. It's about doing those things, but then finding the other ways you can actually make an impact with the full totality of your resources. Like that, that is what companies need to kind of drill into their head a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you think about your career at Okta and even before Okta, all the experiences that you've experienced from an impact perspective, what's the most meaningful thing about the work that you do? What excites you? I think one of the most meaningful things, okay, well, there's a few. One is anytime I connect with a nonprofit organization. Like I I think like sometimes we get into the work, right, where you're at your desk and you're emailing and making decks and preparing things for presentations and that's all great and important, but sometimes you can kind of feel a little bit like, forget a little bit about the why that you're doing this. And when you go and, you know, whether you visit with a nonprofit organization or you're talking to a leader and you're diving deep into their strategy or some of the challenges that they've got and you're kind of just jamming back and forth on ways that we can kind of continue to support them, I think that those connections uh, are really personally meaningful to me and they just kind of give me the energy. Like I had a coffee with, um, uh, or I had a lunch, excuse me, with, um, uh, Nicole Collins-Purry is the CEO of TechBridge Girls, which is an incredible organization. They've been one of our grantees for a long time. And I just left and I was just kind of like, I had a different, you know, pep in my step. Like, she's just awesome. And we just talked about so many wonderful things. And anyway, that just kind of gives me life. I think another one when it relates to our employees is when they have this kind of aha moment that they didn't realize that uh, something that they could do could be a benefit to a nonprofit organization or to an issue that they care about, right? Like I think um, sometimes people almost just not take for granted, but just don't realize like something that feels maybe more minute to them can actually be super impactful um, for an organization that's working on really you know, critical issues in our communities. Um, when I was at a, a CSA insurance group, I had the great fortune of building our pro bono volunteerism program. And we had a long kind of history of volunteerism, kind of like group volunteerism, hands-on, the kind of traditional. And a big thing that I was focused on was kind of pushing the organization to think a little bit about, um, you know, just pro bono and the opportunity there, right? And to leverage your professional skills to help a nonprofit. And there was a woman leading a, uh, a project for, for one of our grantees. And she was like, I didn't realize that my experience would be helpful to them. And the, so just those moments, right, when it just kind of clicks are just really awesome. We'll end with this. And you're the first person that I've asked this question to. What is your why as it relates to your career? My why is that we all belong to each other. Like on my team at Okta, they'll laugh if they hear this, but because I say it all the time, I'm always like, the world is a dumpster fire, right? Like there are just so many challenges and we could spend a long time talking about why these challenges exist and it's, they exist because of systems, right? And the way that the world has been 
developed for longer than you and I have been around on this planet. And we all have a responsibility to each other as people and as people living on this planet to give a damn, right? My dream is that every single person on this planet could identify the thing or things that they care about. They could understand the resources that they have to bear, not just like money, but just like expertise, right? Thinking again about people who maybe take for granted that something that they know could actually be super beneficial to somebody else. And then everyone like cared about something, knew what they had to offer, and then just acted in that way. And like, what would the world look like if we just all like gave a damn about something? Um, and so I think I continue to be moved by that. I think that I have the great fortune of connecting with people like yourself, like the people that I work with, like our nonprofit partners, who, you know, that's the way they operate in the world. And so I think there's more of us than we think. And if we uh, just like imbue that energy and push that out into the world, you know, call it naive or maybe call it optimistic. And I think that's the assignment of the world at the moment. Victor, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for sharing your story and thank you for giving us all a glimpse inside the inner workings of Okta for Good. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeremy. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.